When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Coming up on episode 319 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Lexus RZ, the Lucid Air Pure, the new Subaru Crosstrek. To, uh, Ford adds heat pumps to the Lightning. The uh, Nissan Hyper Urban X concept is coming to the Tokyo show. Uh Battery testing is ending in Pequot, Ohio. We've got a price for the Volvo EX30. Fixing a dent on your Rivian could be very, very expensive if you're not careful. And a whole bunch more. All that coming up next. This is episode 319 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam Abul Samad from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakelin from The Road Reflected. And I am Roberto Baldwin from SAE International. And Nicole, since you were the last one to join the call, that was let's not start with you. Okay, oh, can burn. I just clarify that something's wrong with iMessages? Literally, I'm like, Sam, where's the link? He's like, yeah, we're recording. I'm like, can I have the link? He's like, and it's not coming through. So I feel like it was like, a, who's I th- on I think, first? I think night? iMessage is deliberately is filtering out all links from Android phones. So like I had, so he holds up his phone. I see three links. You look at my phone, no (laughs) links. So we're having this conversation where neither one of us knows what we're doing. I was only last (laughs) because darn that apple. Okay. Okay. So I had the, um, I had a Subaru Crosstrek, which is fun. I like the little Crosstrek. I feel like Subaru is sort of like um, the poster child car for New England. Like, do you really live here if at some point in your life you haven't owned a Subaru? Well, isn't it the only car that's allowed to be registered in Vermont? Correct. Yeah. Right. You can't, Legally, nothing else can be can't. registered. Yeah. Right. Only a Subaru. Else. They're like, everything else is gray market. Right. Yeah. You need to pick another border, pick a border, move over there, register your car in another state. You can't register that garbage here. Yeah. Only Subarus. <laughs> so I have the Subaru Crosstrek, which I drove at the launch back in May, I think it was. Um, and they had the Crosstrek Wilderness that I missed the other week, which I was really sad because things went sideways at home. But yeah, this is just the straight up, this is the Crosstrek Premium in pure red it is very red it is very very bright um but i like the color i think it suits it and i've always liked how the cross track looks do you remember when they i don't think they do the orange anymore do they still do the orange this Uh, really bright orange my neighbor has i I, I don't know that that was a cool color it was really cool my neighbor has one and she was so excited when she bought it and i still see her i'm like it's laura like i know just because she's a little orange subaru cross track that goes to the neighborhood um so they redesigned stuff this year uh, so it's better, but I don't think it's like suddenly you get in the cross truck. You're like, Oh, what's this? It still feels like a cross truck in all the right ways. Um, it has an 11.6 inch infotainment touchscreen, giant is screen, which I love. Um, it now has wireless 
Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, um, which was cool. I always like to have wireless. I, I think I forget how much I appreciate wireless connectivity for your phone until you get in a car that doesn't have it. Cause there are some that still don't have it. You mm -hmm. have to have a wire and I sit down and I don't have a wire. I'm like, what is this? Hyundai's and Kia's wireless? don't. Yeah. No, and it's no, like, no. This, again, the Hyundai, our Hyundai oh. has wireless. It's, 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 it's oh, all okay. over the map. Insanity. It's, it depends on the trim. <laughs> this trim doesn't, that trim does, but on the other lineup, it's, yeah, it's the it's, other way it's around. It's complete insanity how they've figured out, like we have a, I have a, like the, it's like chaos. the, the nicest, like EV, uh, Kia Nero EV. Nope. Got to plug a wire in. Well, yeah. and it's My, like some of them, it's the base <laughs> trim, like the base yeah. trims have wireless. What was exactly. it? What did I just drive? What just, was it the Kona they just did a drive for? And they said wireless is coming for the full lineup, but not yet. Like, it's yeah, like we, so it's still the weirdness, but like, when is it coming next year? When sometime next year in a down, it is, like it'll be an automatic uh, over the air update, but it's like when and who and how you're like, Oh, it'll, guess, it'll get there when it gets there. Exactly. It'll be done when it's done. It's exactly. bonkers all over the place. It it's is crazy. It's yeah. But so the Subaru Crosstrek, not crazy. For the first time, wireless Apple CarPlay and wireless Android Auto is available on the Crosstrek. And I love it. I love having wireless. I hate having wired connectivity. I decided that's become like a must-have for me now, along with needing heated seats and a heated steering wheel, which I realized today when it got down finally into the 40s. Like fall arrived last night in New Hampshire. It was a blammo. I woke up and I was freezing. Before that, it was warm. We had the air conditioning on in the house last night. I just need to say that's how weird the weather is. The AC was on last night. This morning it was only 60 degrees when we woke up. I'm like, what in the house? I'm like, what is what is going on? So anyway, so love this little cross track. I think it's it's fun. You know, it's not, it looks great inside. It's comfortable. It easily sits, you know, it's got plenty of room for even tall folks in the back. Like Russ sat in the back. He wasn't squished. And it's reasonably responsive. 152 <laughs> horsepower, 145 pound-feet of torque. This is with the four-cylinder. Uh, it's a two-liter four-cylinder. Um, it has a CVT. I mean, if you hit the gas hard, it doesn't sound, you hear it, but it doesn't sound like it's overly struggling. Like you're not going to panic that your car is about to just give up the ghost as you get on the highway. But it does take a second for it to figure out that you do, in fact, want it to go very fast to merge in with the traffic that is already going a very Oh, you want to go somewhere. It's like, yeah. Oh, hold oh, on. Yeah, like, oh, you push that long pedal on the right because going is what you're, oh. Oh, going. But once it does go, it's fine. So I actually really like the Crosstrek. I think it's a great little car. Um, I thought this had pricing on it. I don't have pricing on here, which, no, yes, I do. I had to turn it around. It is Crosstrek Premium is what I'm driving right now. And it starts at $26,145. There was $2,200 in options. How much do you think there was for the destination delivery? Sam, you go first. Uh, I will say nine ninety five. Robbie, nine ninety six. Robbie wins twelve ninety five. Robbie's sneaky. Yeah, yeah he's he sneaky. is. He is. I know how to play the game. He knows how oh, to play and, the prices right. And and for for what it's worth, uh, uh, there you cannot. There is no orange available. This year. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I've been doing too. There, there, there I is the a. Orange was one of those ones they said bye bye, no more orange. Yeah. That that or that was a cool shade of orange. There is a Sunblaze Pearl, which is kind of a lighter red that's got almost a. It's it's, it's like a, a blood like like a blood orange. Okay. Kind of color to it, uh, yeah. and then and then there's orange. a then there's a pure red. That's what I have. I have yeah. pure red. 
I liked the orange. I thought it, I don't know why I'm not particularly a fan of orange cars, but it totally suits the Crosstrek. Oh, I'm just having like, for yeah. the. It they have it works. for the WRX though. Yeah, well, you can get is, the orange. You want, you want that high vis paint, you know, on a car like that. Yeah, yeah. like, it's, like look yeah, at me. So. Just like wearing your reflective vest when you go out and walk the dog in the early yeah. morning in the fall in the winter when it's dark outside. Exactly, it's totally exactly like that. You want to make yeah. sure that everybody can see you. So I, you know, I'm a fan of this. I like driving. I think the pricing is decent. Like, so you're coming in at under thirty thousand, just under thirty, twenty nine six eight five for the one that I'm driving. But you kind of have, you know, you've got all the features you want. You have that the X mode on there. So when the snow is falling and you want to get through the snow, you can get through the snow. It has decent infotainment. It has comfortable seats. It has, you know, dual zone climate control. It has, it has all the little things you want. Like it, it's got enough features to make you feel comfortable, to make you enjoy the drive. It has the power, like I said, isn't super aggressive, but it's not so, it's not so low that you're feeling it. It doesn't make you panic getting on the highway. That's where I feel like the line is on power. Does it have enough power? As long if you have to work it, if you have to hit that gas early on the ramp because you know that it takes a second, that's fine. It's when you hit the gas early on the ramp and it's floored and you're still like, oh dear God, I can't do this. That's when it's not enough. As long as it can get you up to speed by the time you're on the highway and it can do that. So I enjoy driving the cross track. I like it. I, I think it's a fun little car. Um, I've always liked it. I liked it better when they had orange. <laughs> but I can get by with pure red like, instead of fine. Orange. Yeah, fine. And if you're going to take that away from me, fine. And it can even tow. This can tow 1,500 pounds, which is not like it's going to tow giant stuff, but it can tow a little bit. And it has like roof rails on there. Motorcycles. Our, yeah. our, our neighbors have this tiny little trailer that they found. Yeah. That it, it would be perfect for towing behind a cross track. See, it's like you want, because sometimes you just want like a little extra. Like I feel this is not like I'm towing my ginormous boat. It's just like I have a little extra stuff I need to tow. I'm a rugged or, outdoorsy type in my Subi. Or, you know, if, there, if there's not enough room in the cargo area inside, you know, for the mulch, you know, you can have a little trailer, little hook trailer? it up there and, and grab another 1,500 pounds worth of mulch. And there put some go. mulch in there. Yeah. I always feel like the little, it has to, I, when I think of the little trailers hooked up to a vehicle like this, I remember, I don't know, I feel like this is something that only dads can make. Like you're not allowed to make this until you're a dad. You cobble together a trailer where you make the sides a little bigger with a with a plywood, yes. and then you see that trailer still on the highway at thirty years after Dad made it. The plywood has some holes starting to get, but he's still like, no, it's doing the job. And you put the little plywood. That's what I picture: the little plywood reinforced trailer with stuff, bark mulch or whatever shoved in there. And and the nice thing is, you know, at that price point, you know, I mean, that's still you know well under well under thirty grand. You know, starting at twenty five, right? You know, all wheel drive is standard. That's the thing on, on every Subaru except the BRZ, right? So you've got to, so you it's like so you can get you could if you wanted get the base trim and the cross track, and you still have a vehicle that's pretty darn capable. You get a little bit, you know, you have enough ground clearance that you can get over light off road stuff. You know, you're just you know driving to your cabin or you're driving you know down a dirt road that's a little bit more rutted. You can get through the snow. I've watched Lara blast through snowbanks <laughs> on this road for years. You can get through the snow. Um, it's just enough, but you know, actually, and on a sort of like side note, the challenge with getting cars that have extra ground clearance is if you have someone who isn't really mobile, it can be hard to get in. My mom is elderly. She has a hard time getting into a lot of cars. If it's too low, they're falling into the car because the sedan is hard for, if it's too high, they can't step up. This is like a very much a just right height. She scooched right into this. She was able to swing her legs in and out without feeling like it was too high or too low. And I remember thinking as I watched her, I thought, gosh, she 
can't get into every car this easily. She had a much better time getting into this. So it gives you just enough ground clearance to help when it's snowy or you're a little bit off road without getting so high that it's like suddenly you're carrying a little step stool if your mom is short and not very mobile, <laughs> which is what I have done on occasion. So yeah, so that was a real plus. I thought that's a really good, the step in height for this is actually just perfect. It was really good. Subarus are very weird in that I think what happens is it comes out and then everyone's like, oh, like it, the BRZ came out and everyone's like, boo, it's not, it doesn't have enough power. Or the Crosstrek mm -hmm. came out and they're like, boo, it's not a, you know, it's, what is this weird thing? Just get an Outback. <laughs> um, and then, like after like three years, everyone's like, "Oh, this this car is actually really cool." <laughs> right? It's like it just, like, everyone oh, it's just, just sort of comes around and... to it because they drive it and they're like, "Oh, oh, oh, this is cool." Right? Like you suddenly realize you're like, "Okay, she's like, oh, oh. it's just a Subaru, it's another Subaru." Oh, wait. And this is, and this you is know, conce stuff. conceptually, a Crosstrek is not that fundamentally different from an Outback, except that it's a bit smaller. Yes. And yeah. And for a lot down. of people, you don't necessarily need the size of an Outback. Or the ascent, you know, or, or you know, or even a forester for that matter. Yeah. You know, you you want something that's got you know the same capabilities. Like my daughter, for example, um, you know, she's shopping for a new car right now, and she has opted not for a Subaru, but uh, she's living in Colorado. She want she wanted to get an all wheel drive vehicle to replace her Toyota eighty six, and um, you know she. It, she narrowed down her her final choices to Mazda CX thirty, and the, the Kia Sportage, and the Sportage she decided was just a little bit too big because she mm -hmm. has to park on the street, so right. she she street yeah. parks, curbside parks, and you know the smaller size uh, among other things of the of the CX thirty she felt was a was a better fit for her, and you know same thing you know if you're shopping for a Subaru, if you don't necessarily need that extra space of an Outback. Then you know the cross track, as you said, with the height might yeah. be just just the right fit for what, what you we, need. We, That's why they make them in different sizes, right? It's interesting you're saying that your daughter's buying one because the one other person I know who bought one within the last year, I want to say, my nephew's girlfriend, they're in college. She needed a new car. She wanted something that had a little bit of extra room that could handle the New England winters. They could be easy to park where she was because she goes to school in the city, so she's in Boston. The cross track is what she got. There you go. So see, and, and my daughter's getting her CX thirty and Soul Crystal Red. Oh, nice. Okay, good. I was like, because if she got another color, we'd have to talk to her about that. Yeah. We're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like that's abuse if you allow your child. <laughs> yeah, like honey, you're making a terrible. That's that's that. You know when to coach your kids. Well, this is the coaching moment. You have Don't to get come. the red. <clears throat> Don't make a horrible mistake with your life. Get the red. <laughs> Don't come home on the holidays if you get. Right. Like, Don't what? Come with a white Mazda. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't have the, no, they have that nice pearl white. It's actually kind of nice. But you're not allowed yeah. to get the pearl. You have to get the red. Robbie. Yeah, I know. Red I know. is the color. I know. Just saying. Just saying. So, yeah. <laughs> so those are my thoughts on the Legally, those are the color. They're Legally. I like the cross track. Yeah, you can only buy a Subaru in Vermont, and you can only buy red in a Mazda. Those are the rules that we live by at Wheel Bearings. <laughs> They're pretty simple rules. It's, just, it's not that hard. Yeah. Life, life no, doesn't need to be difficult. Just right, abide by those rules and you're good. And you're good. That's all we're asking. Everything else is fair game. But... Right. Do whatever else you want, but follow those two rules. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Robbie, what have you been driving? What have I been? I forgot. Um, <laughs> a lot of cross-track talk. Uh, I drove the Lucid Air Pure, the all-wheel drive version. I didn't get the rear-wheel drive. I don't think they had it. Like I got the all-wheel drive version, and then like 10 minutes later, like the email came through with the uh, – <laughs> 
with the price for the uh, the uh, the rear wheel drive version. Um, so I've driven the only Lucid Air I haven't driven at this point is the Sapphire. Ooh. Yeah. And so um, I can tell you that if you're still look if you're looking at the Lucid Air, and you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, should I get the pure?" You know, it doesn't have the glass roof. Doesn't have you know, blah blah blah. Just get the pure. It's the glass roof is. I mean, they look cool, but it's heavier. Like some, even though they they you know they've coated it, you're still gonna get glare. Sometimes it's a little too bright. Sometimes it gets hot if you're like in really really hot area. <laughs> just just get the one thing. Just get the regular old roof. If you want something without a roof, get in a convertible. That's my new. <laughs> <laughs> So we need a convertible Lucid? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we need a convertible Lucid, like the next totally Lucid. Totally reasonable. Totally should, reasonable should be, we should add that. That's yeah. a, I mean, it's a bad idea for that company, to be honest, um, to do a convertible because convertible take rates are pretty low. Um, but uh, if they did At, at do, some point in the future, once they've stabilized and got their volume yeah. up with the gravity, then they can think about doing a convertible. Yeah, you got to get – you got to do – you know, I, everyone needs to have that – that crossover or that SUV in their lineup so they can do other things. Just ask Porsche about that yeah. and how. <laughs> but but I would love to see a, a convertible with the lucid hardware. Oh yeah, because it'd be so light. They're like their 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 motor is just this tiny little thing <laughs> and it kicks out. It's it's insane like how how yeah their their engineering is and their packaging is is bonkers. And they could no. definitely they could definitely just throw that motor and like a 60 kilowatt hour or 70 kilowatt hour battery pack in a in a convertible and it would be outstanding. That would be an interesting resto mod, you know, build uh like a you know, an old Miata with a lucid motor and a battery. Oh yeah. Oh that would be funky. Yeah, yeah. that would be good. Get they're right on so, that. You you got a Miata Sam, so, make that happen. Make it happen. Uh they're so bonkers efficient. Um Anyway, yeah, so I drove the Pure. Um, I had the all-wheel drive version, um, which uh, I'm trying to figure out what the starting price is. Because they didn't have a, a Monroney for this. It came from the fleet, but the fleet didn't have it. It, it doesn't matter. The, the website says 82.4. Yeah, so it's 82.4, and then the rear-wheel drive is 77-something. 77 77 so 82.4. Yeah, so originally, a million years ago, in the before times, <laughs> um, there was, uh, I think they were talking about like 60000 for the entry for the Pure. And then um, everyone started making EVs and realized, ooh. And then you know we had issues with with uh, getting all you know the parts you need for all these vehicles, and, and that was tough. And so everything jumped. You can ask Ford about that and look at the uh, the, the the sporadic and insane uh, price changes when it comes to the F one fifty Lightning. So yeah, so I drove the Pure. It's the uh, Slowest loose? I don't know. It's got zero to <laughs> slow. Slow is a relative That's, term. I was gonna say so slow. Like, like a neighbor drove by, and my neighbors know what I do for a living. And uh, he he stuck his head out the window of his of his uh, vehicle, and he said, "Hey, how do you like it?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's actually really nice. You know, it's this is the pure version. It's the you know it's the all wheel drive of it." Um, he's like, "Yeah, my wife wants it, but she wants the fast one." I'm like, "This is plenty fast. It's zero to sixty in three point eight seconds." Three. That is no, speedy. It's so it's yeah, like you don't even no, you don't need <laughs> you don't, I mean, I know it is not that long ago when you know that was supercar territory. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing Truthfully. could beat that. Like you you were spending two hundred and something thousand dollars and you had a car that you could only drive like ten miles before you had to get it serviced. And now you can just get electric 
crazy fast. So no, and you know the chassis, uh, the chassis team over at Lucid is is top notch. It, it drives great um, in regular mode, sprint mode, spirit mode. You know, it's it's such a God, they just drive super nice. This and it, it's 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 really impressive what this company has done, especially as a first auto. You know, this is their first car. Um, and, and they have a lot of really smart people over there, but you could really kind of sort of not, you know, you're just trying to get the car out. You're just trying to get the car out and then you get it out. You're like, well, we can make tweaks for the next car. We make, you know, we can do this, but that's that, apparently that's not how Lucid rolls. Um, it was comfortable. Um, you know, the, the interior was really nice still. It still felt premium. It wasn't, you know, didn't have all the really, really fancy bits that they have in the other uh, Lucid light, but it was it it was fine. It was really yeah. It felt it still felt like a luxury vehicle when you're driving it in the pure. Um, it's still you know 480 horsepower, which is again, <laughs> where are you going? Why do you need that much horsepower? I mean, even even the what rear drive need? is you 430. Yeah, even the come on, come on. So uh, so I had the one with the 20 inch wheels. They have 19 inch wheels, which is 410 miles of range, which. <laughs> That's a long way. That's a long way to go. Um, and so, but I had the one with the twenty, the twenty-inch tires or uh, wheels, and its range is three hundred eighty-four miles. Now, on my range test, um, I had to use a different route this time because of uh, some scheduling things. Um, and so, I got three hundred seventy-seven miles of range. But the caveat is, is that this this other route. There's a lot less actual like sort of in-town driving in my route because I try to like mix it up. So it's like 50% highway and then 50% of like in-town driving and like sort of back roads driving. And this one had less um, in-town driving than my regular route. So 377, which is, you know, what is that, seven? Seven miles off their EPA. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's pretty much in line with what the EPA says um, based on, you know, just sort of doing these routes over and over again with all these different vehicles. Um, <clears throat> that said, that's really impressive because Lucid, like um, uh, Tesla, they don't, they, there's the two cycle and the five cycle test at the EPA. It doesn't matter. You don't have to like get, not to get too much into the weeds, but there's an adjustment factor that you can, you can add in the automaker if you do the five cycle. And it's that adjustment factor, which is where uh, Lucid and Tesla, sometimes they'll say, well, we get, you know, 400 miles. And then when we do the test, it gets like 380 or 370 um, with both of those vehicles. I feel like Lucid is, you know, has probably adjusted their uh, efficiency and their motor and everything to actually hit those EPA numbers. Um, you know, you hear uh, people all the time saying, well, Tesla says it'll do 400 miles, but in, in reality, when I do my test, it's like 380, you know, it's, it's under or it's 370 or something. So um, I expected, you know, and I've had this on Lucid's before where, you know, it was a really high number. And then I was like, you know, 20, 30 miles off of that number. It's still insane. Instead of 400 miles, I got 380 miles or something. Yeah. Um, but with this one, it's pretty much dead on, which is uh, a good testament to um, any sort of adjustments they may be making um, to these vehicles. So, yeah, or, you know, they, maybe they're just like adjusting their uh, their adjustment. So, uh, yeah, it, it drives nice. Doesn't have all the bells and whistles and have like the 50 cameras around it. But um, it, the, the dream drive I had, it just, you know, it was, it was essentially just uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, when you follow other cars, 
Adaptive cruise control. Adaptive cruise control. <laughs> you know. That's the only other cars thing that it does. Yeah, that, that was it does, great. You know, it's really smooth. It does a really great job with adaptive cruise control. Uh, it's comfortable. You could totally go on a long road trip with this thing. I mean, 380 miles of range is nothing to sneeze at. That's that's like seven hours of driving at least. So you're going to pull over anyway. Um, and that's from a 92 uh, kilowatt hour pack. So you're getting all this mile, all these miles and you're not doing it with this gigantic pack like you would with say uh, a Silverado or even, you know, the, the, uh, the F-150 Lightning is, you know, like, Oh, I have all this range, but it's going to take like 17 days to charge your, <laughs> charge your car or the Hummer EV, which, you know, if you charge it at home, if you went to zero, it'd take like two or three days to like charge that thing. Um, yeah, you know, Lucid is there, you know, uh, if you talk to Peter Rollinson over there, the CEO, CTO, he's all about efficiency. He will talk your ear off about efficiency. Um, and you know, that really shows that, and that, I, that's really important. I don't think we, um, the automakers talk enough about um, making these vehicles really efficient. When I, in my test, I got a 4.1 miles per kilowatt hour, which is really nice, especially from a vehicle this size. So yeah, if you're looking at the Lucid Air and you've been like, oh, they're so expensive, you know, I can't, uh, I can't afford, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars. If you can afford 80, which is, you know, not me, but if you're someone who can and you're looking around, you know, it's definitely something you should put on your, uh, your list of vehicles to check out. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I, I remain a fan of the Lucid Air and I think, you know, if I was going to get a pure, I would actually probably go with the 19s, the 19 inch wheels. Yeah. Just, just for that, teens. that extra little bit of sidewall. I mean, it, it depends on where you live, but you know, certainly, you know, the, the bay area you know especially the north bay area you know there's some roads that can get a little rough um and here in michigan absolutely you know and having that extra little bit of compliance in the sidewall to absorb the road imperfections as such as they are uh would be a very handy way to hopefully av avoid some flat tires like i had the, the last time that i had an error last year <laughs> just um, you know what i i don't don't get the big wheels just yeah. don't <laughs> You're, you're going to they, they add weight, they take away trouble. range. Yeah, you know, they, they, they look kind of cool, but they're they're just not very useful. They don't they diminish, add any functionality. Yeah, they diminish uh, comfort. There's just all the, you're more likely to get like curb. Like then they brought the car to me; it already had curb rash on it, and I was like, "Why well, didn't do that?" Really? I was yeah, someone had already curbed it, and I was like, "Oh," and I pointed to the guy who dropped it off. I'm like, "I didn't do that." He's like, "Yeah, yeah," I just showed up. He's and then we talked about wheels, and yeah. <laughs> he's like, "There's no, just get the bigger, just get the smaller wheels." You just you're going to be happier to be, I mean, it looks cool with the big wheels, but, but you know, 19 yeah. inch wheels aren't exactly small. Yeah. yeah that's the other crazy thing. I remember that's a, 15. Yeah, but like that's considered small, like the, the smaller wheels. I'm like, those are pretty darn big wheels to begin with there, buddy. Yeah. I remember my Honda had like 13s and then I put 15s on it. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my Miata, you know, had 14s originally. It's got 15s on it now, you know, and they're, you know that's Gigantic. that's way that's way bigger than most you know or 19s and 20s and 21s are way bigger than most people need yeah but, just, just yeah just get your, your wheels are probably going to be cheap your tires are probably going to be cheaper too yeah absolutely oh for sure yeah, yeah. and and you cheap. will have to replace tires i mean you know that in fact you know evs go through tires faster than internal combustion vehicles do so yeah if Think think about that in terms of what you're going to have to spend a couple of years from now. Yeah, you know, when you wear out those tires. Yep. 
When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to Patreon.com slash Wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. All right. Excellent. Um, I also had an EV. Um, In fact, um, briefly during the, the swap, because they were coming from two different places, I had two EVs in the driveway at the same time that were roughly similar, fairly close in price point. They're both in the low to mid sixties. Um, they both have a nominal range of, you know, around 200 miles. They're both technically crossovers for whatever that means anymore. Um, but the, the one that was going away, uh, it, if I had to choose between the two, if I was spending 60 plus thousand dollars, on an EV and I had to choose between those two, the choice would have been easy and it would not have been the Lexus RZ 450 E. What would dun, it have dun, been? Uh, the Kia EV6 GT that's in my driveway right now. Yeah. And we'll talk about that one next time. But the, um, the RZ 450 is Lexus's take on the, the Toyota Subaru ETNGA platform. So this shares a lot with the, um, Subaru Solterra and the Toyota BZ4X. Um, and it's actually kind of a, it's funny, it's it's kind of a mix. Uh, the hardware is kind of a mix of the, the front wheel drive and all wheel drive versions of the BZ4X because the BZ4X, it had it, there's two different batteries that they use. They're similar in size. One is um, a Panasonic battery that's 71.4 kilowatt hours, that's in the front wheel drive BZ4X. The all-wheel drive has a CATL battery that's about 70, 72 and a half kilowatt hours, so just slightly larger. Um, the uh, for the Lexus, they went with the Panasonic battery, and on the the Toyota, um, if you get front-wheel drive, you get one hundred and fifty kilowatt, uh, roughly two hundred horsepower, front motor for front-wheel drive. If you get the all-wheel drive, they replaced that 150 kilowatt motor with two 80 kilowatt motors, one at each end, so a little over 200 horsepower. So it keeps keeps it close to the same power, regardless of your front or all-wheel drive. For the Lexus, they kept the larger motor on the front axle from the BZ and added the 80 kilowatt motor. So you have, I think, a total of a little over 300 horsepower on this thing. Uh and the the Panasonic battery, because the Panasonic battery can charge it up to 150 kilowatts, whereas the CATL battery in the all-wheel drive BZ and the Subaru only charges up to 100 kilowatts. And even at that, from most tests, it typically doesn't get even to 90 kilowatts most of the time. So uh, you get a little bit faster charging, a little, you know, um, it's definitely more power, more performance out of the RZ. 
it's arguably a bit better looking. It's still, I think, a little overstyled. Um, the you know that doesn't it has a you know a different take on the the spindle grill. There isn't really a traditional grill, you know, Lexus grill. Um, the 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 design is interesting. The color was nice. Uh, I had the the light blue, which they call ether. Um, and um, uh, let's see. Let me find do my. They notes have orange. Here. They do not offer an orange. <laughs> Lexus <laughs> Lexus does not do orange. Oh man! Uh, so when I you know after I plugged it in, got it fully charged up, it showed 194 miles of range on there. Uh, it's this particular version because I it was the the RZ Luxury. Uh, they have the premium and luxury trims. the The premium trim has 18 inch wheels. That one is rated at uh, uh, 204, 206, uh, 200, oh, sorry, 220 miles for the for the one with the 18 inch wheels. With the 20 inch wheels, it's only rated at 196. I got uh, it. It showed 194 on the the cluster. Um, after driving it around. Uh, I averaged 2.8 miles per kilowatt hour. Uh, and after doing some math, uh, it worked out to, it, if I had completely drained it, it would have gotten just slightly over 200 miles. So it basically, you know, slight, just did slightly better than the EPA mileage rating. Although um, recently the guys at Outer Spec Reviews did their 70 mile uh, per hour range test with the RZ. And so that's just straight up highway driving. You know, I I did mixed driving with straight up highway driving at 70 miles an hour. They only managed to get 174 miles out of the RZ, which is not great. Um, it's really quite disappointing. Um, on the plus side, um, the spec sheet for the RZ lists the ACE maximum AC charging speed at only 6.6 kilowatts. But when I plugged it in, I was actually getting 7.2 kilowatts. Uh, so it actually charged a little faster than what it's technically rated at. So I don't know if the spec sheet is wrong or maybe they upgraded the onboard charger, what, what the deal was, but, um, I, I got, uh, slightly better. So it charged a, a little faster, um, which is good given the, the limited range of this thing. He said, it'll do a DC fast charge, you know, it peaks at 150 kilowatts. Um, but it does drop off fairly early on and starts ramping down. So it can take it can take quite a while to fully charge uh, an RZ just as it does with a BZ. Um, the interior is really nice. Um, there one complaint though uh, is there is no glove box on the passenger side. So in the console underneath the the console, there's a storage space there, but that's all taken up by the owner's manual because there's no glove box in which to put the owner's manual. So there's there there is a, a bin at the back end of the, the center console, which is, it's fine. Uh, it's not particularly huge, but yeah, storage is kind of limited inside the, uh, the RZ for all your stuff. You know, there's not a lot of all nooks and crannies stuff. to put, to put the detritus of daily life, as we have said before. All your uh, things. Yeah. To put all your things. Uh, so, you know, like Mike, you know, if you look at my wife's car I and mean, she would, she would definitely not do well with, with the RZ or she would have to, <laughs> Learn a little discipline about what to keep in the car. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, That's always my sad thing with driving press cars. I never have a ready store of napkins and extra straws in my glove box. 
Yeah. My the actual napkins, car the always napkins has things. That. I always have napkins in my cars. We I always, always have, have I never I never think to put them in a press car and inevitably that means I'm like sopping up something spilled with like the sleeve of my shirt or something because like, oh God, I just spilled this. <laughs> I'm ruined the press car. Ah. Usually it's well, like I have I to blow my nose or something. I drink a lot of coffee, and coffee every that, now and then is drippy, and you're like, oh, no. That's so true. You drink, a lot, you drink a lot of coffee, so you're jittery is what you're telling us. <laughs> I, no, I drink a lot of coffee, so I, and they're fancy, so I end up – Starbucks is messy, and you bring the coffee cup across, and you put it in the cup holder, you're like, uh, crap, and it's like left a trail of coffee across your knees and the console. So there you go. Uh, yeah, the, personal uh, problems. <laughs> Uh, you know, aside from the absence of storage, um, they're, uh, the interior of the, the RZ is nice. The materials are nice, you know, typical Lexus fashion. It's got the new, um, you know, the, the current generation Toyota Lexus infotainment system, which is really good. It's a nice big 14-inch screen. Um, it's got knobs for your temperature control and for volume, which is always a, a good thing. Um, the back seats, roomy, um, decent amount of cargo space in the back. So, you know, it's it's not it's not a bad place to be for for drive, and you know we've said before, you know, two hundred miles is actually enough for for it's most people's fine. daily driving, and it most is and your day, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, it, it'll I, easily I, handle. You know, any you know if you could if you have the ability to charge at home overnight, you can drive this thing no problem at all, and you know not have any issues with range. Um, the only time it's going to be a challenge is if you want a road trip. And this is probably not your ideal road trip car because, again, the DC fast charging is not tremendously fast. And the range is, especially in highway driving, is kind of mediocre, um, especially for this, this price point. Uh, one one other thing I wanted to note is the uh, the door over the charge port feels uh, really flimsy. It's a really? it's plastic. Yeah. And the hinge, between the hinge and the, the, the plastic panel that's on there. It just feels really flimsy. That's a funny one to point out. And you don't normally mention Wait, that, it, so it must genuinely feel that way. I literally yeah. don't think I've ever heard you comment that before. Is it like an automatic door? Is it just one? No, it's manual. Open? And and you got to find okay. just the right spot to press on it for it to pop open. Oh. So a lot of times, you know, I would be pressing on it like three or four times trying to find the right spot to get it to actually pop open. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not a great design for the charge port door. I really appreciate uh bmw's charge port doors they're just like gas doors you just like mm -hmm. put plop plops That's open and plug really it in. yeah they all have there just is a pop, thing like there's like a thing like that why do the, they the, have to open weirdly they come out they twist left they twist the lucid right. they the lucid up. had one that like it pops out and it goes down and then yeah like, why you know, can't we just everyone, like push no, it just, bling, just it push opens it and up. pops open i don't I, why yeah, do they feel that why is that that's a that's an i'm like why just is this a thing with evs why do they feel the need to make this complicated? Because they're like, oh, it's just a future. I'm like, no, just give us, just no. no, we, no. I like the past when it they, comes they, to this. They, they want, want to make it feel like you're getting your money's worth. So you're paying a premium a for this car. flimsy door. Yeah. <laughs> a little flimsy, weird, like, system that's going to break it whenever, you you know. It gets frozen and it, it won't open. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and this one, you know, it just feels like, you know, I could... You know, very easily it tw twist it and just snap it right off. Snaps it right off. Uh -oh. Yeah, it does so not they, feel it does not feel robust at all. So they got halfway there. They got the actual just little manual door, but then they bought the cheapest door. Then they got the cheapest <laughs> like, possible yeah. way. It's a plastic. Can, it, that manual it's a plastic panel with a plastic hinge on it. It yeah. It doesn't. Oh. It does not. It does not feel good, especially at this price point. So, yeah. um, as equipped, the one I had 
was $66,375 for an Oof. RZ450E luxury. Would you pay that? Would you buy that for that price, Sam? No. No. <laughs> well, I like, like how a, you thought about that There was first. no pause. Like, there was, no. No, I would not. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to spend 60 plus grand, this would not be the, the car I would buy yeah, for an no, EV. No. It, it would definitely be the EV6 GT. Oh, yeah. I love the EV6 GT, even though it doesn't get the range of the non-GT EV6. Don't care. Yeah. Totally worth an extra. Well, it's still doing, it's still better. It's more efficient. It's, you know, it's getting better efficiency than yeah. the Lexus did. Yeah. But we'll talk about charger, that next time. Chargers quicker. Yeah. Whole, you can, yeah. 10 to 80% in, you know, 17, 18 minutes. I did and, a bunch of math on Ars Technica about the EV6 GT versus the regular EV6. If you're super nerdy about math and timing and take the charge. Oh yeah, I mean, drop drop that link in the uh, show notes. Yeah. I'll, oh I'll no, now I gotta look it up. Oh <laughs> man! Technica. So guess, guess is on the delivery charge for the RZ. Ooh ooh, do you want to go first? Or do you want to go second? I'll I'll go first. I'll say um, thirteen ninety five. I don't know. One dollar. Robbie wins eleven fifty. Oh, it was pretty high though. Yeah, it's a little little bit higher than the uh, than the Subaru was, but yeah, um, but not you know not not as high as some stuff we've had. No, it could definitely be worse. Yeah. What's the highest one we've had? Have we had any? Who, the, who, I think the it? Hummer's like two grand. Oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and I think the, you know, the, the F 150s are like 1795 now. Most of the big trucks are like truck. 17, 1800 now. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, how? That's weird. All right. Let's get on to some other topics. Okay. Um, sticking with EVs uh, for the moment. Um, Got a little bit of information on the 2024 model year F-150 Lightnings. Um, one of the things that's changing for model year 24 is they're putting heat pumps on them. Um, Yay. And Efficiency. Some of, you know, the, the press release that Ford had said, you know, it'll, it'll get um, uh, 320 miles of range and some uh, some of the news reports uh, were indicating that this was an improvement in the range, but actually the the XLT the current you know the current 2023 X, Lightning XLT uh, with the 18 inch wheels already gets 320 miles of range, so uh, it's not mm. clear if there is actually an improvement in, in efficiency or not. Um, and Ford has Ford is being suspiciously vague about this oh my so, gosh it's like KG. Yeah, i think they haven't finished their epa certification yet for the 24 right. model year so they don't want to say anything specific until they till they get all the paperwork done uh so we may we may actually see an improvement so it may may bump up by 10 or 15 miles of range right. which will help nice. uh especially with the silverado evs now starting yeah. to get delivered uh, i think gm uh when they reported their q3 deliveries uh last week I think they delivered something like 19 Silverado EV work trucks to uh, fleet customers. Um, so they're 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 slowly starting to trickle those out uh, to uh, to fleets. The, I mean, some most of the other stuff they like the Lyric and the Hummer. Those those numbers are definitely better. I think they did like something like 3,500 Lyrics and about 12 or 1,300 Hummers in Q3. So they're getting a little better on deliveries. A little bit. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Scooch better. Um, no no word yet on the pricing, any pricing changes for the 24 model year uh, lightnings or even when they will actually be delivered. 
Uh, but, uh, but it is, they are, they are all, all the trim levels will have a heat pump available on there. Um, oh, oh, there's, oh, sorry. There's one, there's one other thing, which is the, uh, uh, there's a new trim level, um, flash. which is the lightning flash, which uh, is based, based oh, on the XLT, but adds us all, every one of us. Sorry. You can't just <laughs> say flash without that. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's, it's based on the XLT trim, but it adds a bunch of the, um, the tech features from the Lariat. So it's got the 15 and a half inch screen and Blue Cruise and, and a bunch of other features on there. Um, and it'll have a starting price of just under six, 70 grand. So not cheap, but yeah, cheaper pricey, than the Lariat. Yeah. Trucks aren't cheap. They just no. aren't. No, they're not. And in fact, uh, I saw uh, something came out. The base price on the the gas F-150s for model year 24 is going to be higher by about two, two and a half grand. So uh, almost 40,000. Yeah. Uh, wow. But that's because it's not so much that that particular configuration is necessarily more expensive, but the, the previous cheaper uh, XL with the 3.3 liter naturally aspirated V6 is no longer going to be available. So they're just dropping the base model, the previous base model. It's not really that it's getting more expensive. It's just they axed a, a trim. Yes. Yeah. So they, they they discontinued the cheaper version. Womp womp. Um, womp womp. What do you think of the Nissan Hyper Urban Concept? Hyper, hyper, hyper. hyper. I like the name Hyper Urban Concept. That looks pretty snazzy. It's very polygon. Yes. It's very... <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Polygonal Star Fox. Remember the game Star Fox for the Nintendo uh, something or other? I don't remember. Vaguely, it was yeah. like, it was like the first 3D game, and it was just like giant polygons. Anyway, that's what the uh, that's it, what the uh, this description hyper urban concept. If this targets users such as urban and suburban based professionals who provi- who prioritize environmental sustainability. That's some marketing speak. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so this is this looks like it's you know roughly I don't know maybe somewhere between the Juke and the Rogue mm. in certain terms of size, uh, maybe a little smaller than the Rogue, a little bit bigger than the Juke. Um, you know, very it, it in some some elements of this design you know are kind of similar to what Hyundai was doing for a while on the mm. kind of the last generation Tucson. Uh, or, or is it the current generation Tucson? I can't remember. Um, you know, with kind of this faceted design, uh, it's an EV, it's an electric crossover. Nothing about this is going to look like this as I look through these pictures. Have you looked at this? Yeah, I don't uh, think any of these things are going to come to fruition, starting with the oh, no, this is just somebody got bored. This is the just someone you don't, you don't think fun. that sharp edge there with the, the lights are on the front is going to make it to production. <gasps> I don't. I, and Sometimes also, you okay, just need to stab you, people as you're driving. You guys, by you guys, you have to look at the second picture with the two people on the very cool lounge chairs in the back seat. Yeah, that? that that is one of the okay. neat features of this. But yeah, look at the guy. Why is the way he is sitting in that chair look at, like he's folded like a Barbie doll? Like he has no action. There's something really <laughs> well, weird oh, about weird. the mock-up of that. Like what happened when they when they inserted that? Like there's an uncanny the, valley there. Yeah, well, but, well these yeah. these are these are all renders. They're they're not actual photographs. Yeah. I know, but she or looks people. like a human and he looks like That's a true. doll. Like his body isn't naturally <laughs> bent. Like he has a weight. No other joint. None of the joints are actually. 
there. They just yeah, folded it. You're right. His legs, his legs are too short. Right. Something's weird, right? Is it that? Is it his legs are too short? Well, yeah. and the way his Something hand is, is placed on his thigh. Right. Like the fingers yeah. don't move. Like that is the Ken yeah. hand pose. Like, yes, okay. you're, you're absolutely right. He does look like a human Ken doll. It's really weird. It's weird. Okay. It's I know a that it's disturbing. The, the seats are cool, though. The la- the way it looks like a like it literally looks like a Chase lounge. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you looked at the uh, the B-roll video clip that's in there. It's only it's only a little over a minute, but they they actually show it. So this is a four seater, but the the front seats. The, the rear seat backs or the front seat backs fold flat forward and then the whole thing can slide back and nestle in just underneath the front edge of the rear seats. So it basically turns turns it into a two seat, you know, two two lounge chairs in there and the front seats are gone. Uh, um, and then you've got a screen that pops up from the center console. So I guess you could sit in there and watch a movie, um, you know, or, you know, if you were hanging out with your, your partner, you know, your fellow over, 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 overlooking, you know, uh, uh, a sunset somewhere on a cliff, uh, you know, you could relax back there. Uh, it's it's kind of kind of neat. One of the, one of the interesting things they talk about, you know, they don't get into much in the way of technical details on this thing. Oh, um, I'm watching we'll, the morphing seats. I just got to that part yeah. of the video. Um, you know, they, they talk about, you know, it'll have uh, over the air. They talk about sustainability, you know, in the. Um, being able to last longer, uh, because you can have, you know, not only software updates, but also hardware updates, like a replaceable dashboard, which seems, you know, the concept also applies sustainability to vehicle lifespan, making it ideal for people conscious of long-term value of everything they own. Hardware Mm -hmm. updates and regular software updates provide a fresh ownership experience over Mm -hmm. many years. For example, the interior can be refreshed with a new instrument panel mm. that reflects the latest technologies and trends and graphic user interfaces. Ooh. Now, Fair. it's not entirely clear from that sentence if that means you can actually re- re- physically replace the instrument panel or just entirely replace the graphical interface on the instrument panel. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to be in Japan. for This is going to be shown at the Japan Mobility Show oh, in a couple right. of weeks. And I'll be there and I'll actually be with Nissan for a couple of days after the show. So we'll we'll be learning a lot more about this and a couple of other concepts that they're going to reveal. Um, I want to pick if they well, if they let you sit in it because sometimes they don't on the super fancy yeah. concept stuff. I want a picture of you sitting in those rear seats okay. looking like a not Barbie doll. Or okay. Do your best to look like him with your hand perfect. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can mock the Barbie doll look at that guy. Yeah, I I will I will do my best. <laughs> Um, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what Nissan has to show at that, uh, at the Japan mobility show, formerly known as the Tokyo motor show. Um, just keep changing the names of things. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything. Well, the Geneva is, show is in Qatar and it's still called yeah. It's so weird Geneva that the sign says Geneva motor show and then Qatar right above it. Like yeah. literally just on like the same the, side. Just the dumbest decision this year for shows. It's, I was like, it's why? curious. Just, we couldn't get that room, so we decided to move all the way, thousands of miles away, and keep the name. We're like, all right, sure. It's sure. it's a little odd. I mean, it a is. Odd. But I'm sure that the uh, the the uh, folks in Qatar paid uh, a healthy sum to Big get the bucks. Geneva organizers to bring their auto show to the Middle East. Yeah, there's that. So they got some moolah. Yes, they they have a little bit of cash to spend. I heard. That's what I've heard. Um. Okay. Um. Piqua, Ohio. Who's ever heard of Piqua, Ohio? I have not. Um, um, so it's it's someplace in Ohio, apparently. <laughs> uh, that, 
it's in Ohio. I have, I have no idea where it is in, in Ohio. <laughs> um, but apparently they've been sending um, end of life batteries or, or batteries from crashed vehicles, EVs there. Uh, and they have a, um, a former water treatment plant uh, and a company called Energy Storage Response Group, LLC, uh, has been using that facility for testing batteries, doing various kinds of tests, including burning the batteries. Uh, I think, you know, they're doing things like, you know, trying to develop procedures, processes for handling battery fires and, and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, apparently the the local residents are not uh, not too thrilled about this. <laughs> um, and so the, the company has agreed to immediately cease uh, their operations in Piqua. Um, and so they're going to have to find somewhere else to test, test batteries or uh, batteries on see. fire, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Piqua is, uh, is West. It looks like it's about a uh, half hour West of Columbus. So it's in central Ohio. So it's just like near some people and they're like, Hey, let's test some batteries. Let's light some things let's on see fire. see what happens if we light this <laughs> stuff on fire. And then they went, hey, don't let that stuff on homes. fire by me. <laughs> oh, come on. Figure this out, people. You don't need to yeah. do it next to the and so yes, this, this stuff has to be done. Yes. Does it need to be done near some people? Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Maybe it's the, the Pequa Public Safety Training Center is what they call the facility. And so they've been they've been you know burning batteries there and trying to trying to figure out how to put them out. Um and uh the locals are concerned about toxic emissions from this. I mean, no. wouldn't you be if you had a giant lithium battery testing facility where they're just setting the batteries on fire to see what happens? <laughs> Let's light her up, boys. Woo! What's that cloud of smoke in the front yard? Eh, don't worry uh, about it. Someone um, lives near, uh, what do I live near? Refinery. I live near a lot of refineries. And there will be, oh, shelter in place. You're like, ah. Oh. Really? Do they really do that when things go sideways? <laughs> oh, yeah. It happens like once a month. And some places, they're even closer to the refineries. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we get a, yeah there's a lot of shelter in place stuff that's around. Do you, in and, fact, shelter in place when they do that? Fortunately, I'm like sort of out of the zone for most of it. So, um, but we almost bought a house. Like you could like at night, it, the refinery would light up the night. <laughs> it was like Blade Runner. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, have either of you ever gone to, and I'm, I'm, I can think I can guess what the answer is going to be, but have either of you gone to charge up an EV at a DC fast charging station? And had a vehicle that has capable of very fast charging speeds, but then found that somebody with a vehicle that could not charge very fast was using the fastest chargers. Oh, yeah. Like the Hyundai, yes. or, you know, the, the bolt connected to the 350 when a 150 is. Yeah, open. exactly. Mm -hmm. So how, how would you feel, you know, if somebody put a sign on the 350 kilowatt charger and, you know, that said, and I think, you know, reasonably I don't, you know, the, the headline here from this Jalopnik story, you know, says bizarre passive aggressive notes. Oh. I don't think it was that passive aggressive. You know, <laughs> I, I think it was pretty reasonably written. Um, Where's the, you know, I'm trying to see the note. Uh, so uh, it says um, this applies oh, to v owners of Chevrolet Bolt, EV, EUV, Hyundai Kona Electric, Nissan Leaf, Mazda MX-30, Mini Cooper SE, Smart EQ42, Volkswagen E-Golf, Ford Transit EV, among others. Regina, which is the name of the particular charger um, that this was in an EVgo station, provides 350 kilowatts. But if your car is not capable of using it to full capacity, therefore, you are impeding faster charging cars from using it. 
faster charging cars can get in and out quicker to the benefit of everyone. Please show courtesy and use Ernie or Florence, two of the other chargers at this location. Uh, This is near uh, DFW Airport, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Um, Please show courtesy and use Ernie or Florence to the left, west of Regina. Um, For owners with under 100 kilowatt of charge rate, you will not you will uh, charge rate. You will not experience slower. You will not experience slower charging on those as they still charge your car faster than your car can handle. Please educate yourself on how EV chargers work and how to best utilize them for efficient charging. Oh, my God. This is way too long. Here's the thing with this, though. So here's the deal. I feel like it's kind of like when you have the um, handicapped bathrooms in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. If a handicapped person is there, I'm going to let the handicapped person use the bathroom. If there's no handicapped person there and the only stall that's open, I'm going to use the handicapped person bathroom and then get out as quickly as possible. I wouldn't use it if there was another option. But if there isn't another option, what if that's the only charger that's open? Now I'm not allowed to charge my car at that because I charge. Well, most- you're allowed. You just gonna- that's what I mean. But what if it's the like person who wrote this? Who, the, the person who wrote this very long message. Yes. <laughs> it's like, hold on. Let me read this message. <laughs> Like, but what if you like, here's the thing. So like, if you, I mean, I think you do, I think I like to hope people, like if you have a slower charging vehicle, you go to the slower charging charger. But what if you have a slower charging vehicle and there isn't a slower charging charger open at the moment you get there, you don't know what it looked like when that person put their car there. You don't know. Like, I mean, if you put your car there and you walked away and had lunch, it could be that during lunch it cleaned out, but you're still having lunch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, just just the, the, these companies, the, the, you're getting mad. I mean, yes, should you be charging your Bolt at a 350 when there's clearly a 150 right next to it that's open? No. Also, but most people, you know, a lot of people don't really think about that. They don't, you know, you go to a gas, you know, not all the gas pumps are different unless you're getting diesel. And I think only once in my entire life did someone say, hey, can I use that pump because my car is diesel? And I said, oh, yeah, once. I've filled up gas billions well, and, of times i and, think and, at some point and in my you're life. not going to be there more than a couple of minutes anyway yeah yeah so it's 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 a, such a weird thing and it's also it's the charging companies you need to just put 350s everywhere just be done with it that would be the right. thing and you gradually do that yeah. and, and and to their credit you know uh when ea replaced all of the chargers at my local station here last fall um they did that because previously there were four 150s and two 350s and mm-hmm. now, um, except for the one that had a Chatham Oak dispenser on it, they left the 150 there. The other five are all 350s now. And yes. so it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. But prior yeah. to that, there were instances where I would get there and you know, not not all of the charge not all of the 150s were in use, but there were cars, um, including a bolt one time when I wanted to charge a GV60. It was there. One one of the two 350s at the time was out of order. The other one was being used by a bolt, and there were three 150s open. So, you know, that was kind of annoying. Yeah. And there's people like, well, you know, it'll actually charge at 160. So I'm going to charge at the 350 when my car is supposed to charge at one. And you're just like, yeah. So, yeah, when the, in Novato, where they have all the, the, the EA 350s, they're all 350s now. Yeah, Just all of them. Which is great. And then, and then here, here near my house, all the the EA stations, all one fifties. So you're just like, well, that's what you get. Yeah. Suck it up. That's all you got. Yeah, but but if you know better, 
you know, be a good, be a nice, you know, just make the right decision. I feel like people sometimes, you know, make the right decision, but you can't because it takes time to charge your vehicle. Like you don't know what it looked like when you got there. You don't know. But it's also this, this such a, so much to read (laughs) and it doesn't help. But what is it? Super and ultra? Like, I don't know which one is which. Yeah. (laughs) Or mega, Uh, hyper, 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 ultra, ultra, mega, hyper, hyper and ultra. Yeah. What the, I still don't know which one's which. I do know that yesterday when I, I had to charge the uh, the EVM driving now, um, there were three stations. Uh, they were set up in a way where you couldn't use both sides because they were too close together for the parking spots. Oh, God. Yeah. So there was that. And then I pulled into the middle one and it's like, it's, it's like roulette. You're like, you're like <laughs> spin the wheel. Which one, which one's going to work? Pick a number. And I, I happened to pick the right one because the one to the right just was stuck on and it's like it's been charging for a thousand minutes and you oh my god and the one to the left a person in a mercedes and an eqs like pulled up and they couldn't get theirs to work mine worked fine <laughs> but it was just like that's not how this is to be working it's, it's, but we, it's, we we do you know I, I agree with you you know that the the charge point operators need to basically just make them all max the same speed um, because you know we're going to get more and more vehicles that have higher charging speeds, I think higher it would charging go that capability. Way. Gradually, is that yeah. happen? You know, and yeah. you know, but we also need you know some education for people, oh, especially first-time EV buyers, about mm-hmm. things like you know the fact that EVs don't charge at a constant speed all the way through. It's like if you don't need to go to one hundred percent, you know, stop when you get to eighty. Yeah, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I- I can't tell you how many times I'm at a charging station. Someone pulls up and they're clearly lost because they've just bought an EV. And I just walk over. I'm like, hey, how's it going? They're like, you know how this works? And I explain <laughs> to them how to charge their car because they bought the car and the people at the, the folks at the dealership just give them no zero information because clearly they probably didn't know either. But, or yeah, they were like that's, embarrassed that's partly, to ask. That's partly you, on the, the dealership, but it's also partly on the human. Like, seriously, people. You wouldn't like, did you buy gas cars? Like, I don't know, this one works and just give them 30 grand and walk away. Like you ask questions when you buy a gas car, ask questions. If you're buying actually, you would be surprised EV, but I feel like that's like people are stupid. Then like ask questions. Don't jump into new technology. Like, I don't know how this stuff works. We'll see what happens. People are embarrassed. People don't, people don't ask questions. People don't like to admit that they don't understand stuff. Until they're I mean, at the charging station and I'm there and they're like, hey, let's talk to this guy. I mean, he is seems, that really better? He seems it, he knows what's he knows is what's, it better he knows to look like on. you were the, did you look less stupid asking well, at the dealership? I don't know how this works or less stupid. I bought it and I don't know how well, it works. I'm asking also, Robbie at a charging station. There's a power dynamic at the, the dealership as well. Yeah. Where you're, you know, yeah, because you're trying, you feel like you already feel like you're getting you know, one pulled over on you because you're the dealership shafted. is. You're getting shafted, you know yeah, it. You already right? feel like you're being shafted, so you 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 have this, uh, you know, you want to be you like. You just want to get out of there. Yeah, yeah, there's also that. <laughs> so you want to get out of there and you want to not look stupid because, you know, as soon as you give them an inch, they're going to be like, oh, by the way, you're going to need to pay an extra $2,000 for the uh, charging bearings. Yeah. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've, you've just spent the last hour in the F&I office with the, the uh, guy trying to decline all of the extended warranties that he's trying oh, to do. 800 of them. That's true. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't. I don't get but, it though. Like yeah, I'm, de- I'm not dealers, afraid to look like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'd be like, I should explain. start a company well, that's because where you're I just a woman. Stand as- Men are, are are genetically incapable of asking for of help. asking. Is oh that like yeah, asking there's for also directions? that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. We can't, All right. We can't. We can't let people know that we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'd we'd rather prove it through our actions than to actually yeah. just, just ask for help. You're dumb by showing up and not knowing how to plug exactly. in, rather than just asking a question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, speaking of of first time EV buyers, um, Volvo uh, is t- clearly targeting some of them with the new EX30, um, and uh, they announced the pricing for the EX30, um, and it's going to start in the U.S. Like U.S. pricing, this is. Um, it's going to start at $34,950, which is, I think, the cheapest Volvo of any kind in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Volvo doesn't make cheap cars. Well, up until, well, relatively speaking, now it does. until now. Have, have either of you had a chance to drive the EX30 yet? I'll be driving no. it in another week. There's like a thing happening, yeah. Yeah, I think next, the uh, next, not, yeah, not this coming week, but the week after, I will have gotten my hands on it and had have a chance to drive it. Oh, so at far, the, uh, just at the, the Nactoy Drive? Uh, yeah, or, well, or they're doing to... a huge thing in Spain. Oh, okay, you're going to that one. Okay. Barcelona. Barcelona. So, so after that, uh, as it stands, I've only looked at it in, the, uh, in their reveal that they did in New York, and it looks great. Yeah, except it doesn't have an instrument cluster in front of the driver. Yeah. Just, or mm, a rear wheel window yeah there's, rear there's wheel. doesn't have a rear wheel oh yeah it doesn't have the the switch it's like it's like vw they skip the switches for the rear windows you yeah. you, you have to select something to uh how much was that was that what kept it under 35 that's what they did apparently they did a tiny little switch is that the is that the thing is that what what you need I, and then i turn around there's my kona in my driveway and i'm like oh no that's not what you need because mine has rear window switches uh, so have either of you had had to get uh, body work done on a car recently? Not recently. Knock on yes. wood. No, I have not. Well, apparently, um, if you have a Rivian, uh, it can be quite pricey if you get a little fender bender. Uh, and if you get if you get if your fender gets bent, you may want to just leave it that way. Um, if you if you can av- avoid it. Uh, a Rivian owner in uh, a Rivian R1T owner in Georgia, I believe. Um, yeah, got a little, you know, a fairly fairly minor fender bender uh, with his R1T. Um, took it to uh, the Rivian Service Center, or, or actually, it was a Rivian approved body shop because I don't Rivian actually has any body shops at their service centers yet. There, so it was a Rivian approved body shop, and. One of the downsides of the Rivian design, you know, because it's this unibody design, it has one massive on each side, you know, one massive sheet of stamped metal that forms the entire body side from the tailgate all the way down the sides, over the roof, down to the A pillar. That's all one big piece of metal. Wow. And this is a a relatively minor dent in the uh, left rear corner in the bodywork, just below the taillight. So it didn't even shatter the taillight or anything. Uh, and he was quoted $41,000 to fix crazy. it because they were going to just you know replace that entire body panel, which of course requires a massive amount of labor and taking stuff apart. To replace the an entire body panel like thing that. is it's yeah they have yeah. this on a McLaren but it's also a McLaren so you got that going for you yeah <laughs> and it's actually on the top so I don't think it's even no yeah actually it's not even the McLaren issue oh. never mind carry on so um, 
this guy did this owner did some research and he found uh, a, a shop uh, called about 500 miles away that does paintless dent repair. Um, and um, he reached out to them uh, and they quoted um, uh, a much lower price, <laughs> like $3,500. That's a little more reasonable. To, to do it, to yeah. basically to, to bang out this, this dent in the quarter in the, the rear corner of the car of the truck. Um, so he had it, he put it on a, a, a flatbed, had it shipped 500 miles to the shop. Uh, they spent about 10 hours. You know, it's all, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a fair amount of labor because it's, it's a hard to access spot in this corner here, you know, take off the rear bumper. And there was like one little hole. There's a, a video in the, in the link uh, on the auto blog post that you can watch and see how they did it. But it, it was, you know, it's not a trivial thing, but they were able to fix it for 3,500 bucks. Nice. Was there an explanation as to why Rivian's deal? I mean, is it like, I feel like that should just, they, they didn't, dollars. Did they, they didn't ever have the tools with- or the, you know, they didn't have the shop. He took it to, didn't have the expertise to, to do this process. Um, you know, cause basically what they do is, you know, they, they get some, they, they put some tools, you know, that are with adhesive on the sheet metal and load it up basically try they pull it out pull out part of use it to to pull out the the part that's dented in right you know so they use some weights and stuff to to essentially yank on it and get most of it out there and then they reach up inside through this one little gap in the in the bottom corner after you take the bumper off and basically keep tapping it out and until they get it back to the the original contour Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, it didn't require any drilling. It didn't require any any painting. There's like one little spot, you know, right on the edge of a where the the metal the sheet metal bends over by the tailgate. There, one tiny little spot that's going to require a little touch up. But other than that, I mean, it it looks <laughs> it looks it's basically really indistinguishable from the way it did originally. Um, and so if you have a Rivian or, you know, anything else, and this, this is actually a problem with a lot of newer vehicles where they're having, they're having these very large body panels, um, that, you know, if there's some damage, then it can, the, the, the repair cost can easily get out of control. And the insurance company wanted to total this total, you know, right off the truck rather than do the repair. Uh, dent, yeah. which just I get it. It was forty one thousand from per, purely a numbers point of view. Yeah. That makes sense. But you're like, what? You're gonna total it for this? Yeah. yeah. Even though there was it was perfectly drivable, there was nothing else wow. wrong with it. You could get a Rivian with a salvage title because it has a teeny tiny it has a right? dent in the back. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And then then spend thirty five hundred bucks to fix it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah. You know, this is this is something that you know vehicle owners. You know, if you get a fender bender. You know, do some before the insurance company, you know, decides to write something off, do a little research and you may be able to find somebody that actually can fix it for a lot less yeah. money. Um, but you mean, they're, they're, go ahead. Just, yeah. The giant, the giant panel thing. I mean, it looks, oh, it looks cool. It looks smooth, but there's no like, I, yeah, it's like the giant casting issue that's going on now. Where, well, that's what I was just going to mention, you know, is yeah. these so-called giga castings that Tesla's using on their, on their, some of their vehicles now. One of the issues with that, you know, it, you know, by replacing a whole bunch of stampings that they weld together to make the structure of the vehicle with a giant die cast aluminum piece, um, it makes it a lot simpler to assemble the vehicle. It takes a lot less steps to 
put the vehicle together. But the problem is those those castings, uh, unlike the steel stampings, they don't bend when you get into a crash and they're effectively unrepairable. And you can't like take that part off and put the new part on. You're like, okay, let's do this. Let's check the tolerances of all the parts. All right. These three need to come off. We replace those three. It's just one big piece. And they're like, well, that's the end of that. (laughs) Basically the whole front end or the whole rear end of your car is going to be thrown away. And chances are, you know, a lot more of those are going to end up totaled, even though if they were built in a more traditional manner, they could have, they could have been fixed. So this is, this is one of those things, you know, like what we talked about earlier with that Nissan concept, you know, Mm -hmm. making vehicles last longer and that being part of sustainability. Same thing goes with the way you design a vehicle. You know, if you design something so that it becomes unrepairable, you know, or, you know, take most modern phones or laptops yeah you know, that mm-hmm. you know you end up if something small relatively small and minor goes wrong with it you end up having to throw that thing away and you've wasted a lot more resources than if you had just designed it to be serviceable in the first place yeah, yeah. i think toyota is doing this is they're looking into big giga casting aren't they oh everybody toyota? is every every manufacturer yeah. is yeah. um uh, and and i think I think what we're going to end up finding is that, you know, manufacturers will end up using, using castings, but not doing, going to the extreme that Tesla is where you have just one giant casting that forms the entire front structure and another one that forms the entire rear structure, but using smaller components that are combined with some stampings, you know, so you can, you can actually service it. Yeah. Well, I, I foresee a lot of, a lot more Tesla motors and batteries being used in retro mods or resto mods. So we got that (laughs) going for us. That's true. Yeah. There is that. Um, sticking with with Rivian, um, they've finally started delivering um, their Max Pack, which is a 160 kilowatt hour battery pack. Um, and so you can get that now on the R1T and the R1S with certain configurations. Um, so they started off with their large pack. Um, they also have the um, the 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 standard pack, which is a, a lithium iron phosphate battery pack. So on the R1T with the dual motor, the original large pack gets you 352 miles of range. The standard pack gets you 270. The max pack gets you 410 miles of range. Mm. And it's a $16,000 premium over the standard pack. Oof. That's a lot of money to tow. Cause that's the only reason I could think of the bike. You get this giant uh-huh. pack. Yeah. Really? I guess if you love towing, I mean, people, I mean, a fifth wheel is what? Well, you're not going to tow a fifth wheel with this anyway. You, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> right. I guess yeah. towing people. You tow the boat, you go into the lake. Go into the lake. I need, I need to tow my yeah. Well, you know, here here in Michigan, you know, you on any Friday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, you know, pretty much throughout the year, you know, in the summertime, you're going to see trucks and SUVs towing boats and jet skis. Up, you know, up I seventy five to Northern Michigan, you know, and to to get to like Traverse City, it's about two hundred and fifty miles. And if you know, then same thing coming back on Sunday afternoons, Sunday evenings, and then in the winter time, it's snowmobiles towing snowmobiles. Um, there you go. And, this, and you so the max pack, yeah, the max pack, you know, could be useful in that case. Yeah. yeah, you should you be go, able kids. to get that two hundred and two hundred fifty miles of range out of it. Batteries are expensive. That's the they thing. are. They are. <laughs> That's what we're learning today, kids. That's yes. what batteries are pricey. Batteries take, care, are pricey. Take, take care of your batteries. Yeah. 
Um, it's pretty much all EV stuff this week. Uh, it's all the, it is all EV all the time. Yeah. Home, Home Depot um, is uh, apparently planning to phase out um, gas-powered lawn equipment. Uh, so lawn mowers and uh, and other stuff. And for some reason, the link is not working. Is not but working. works for I me. I believe you. Oh, mm-hmm. is it not working for you, Sam? It works for me. No. Aren't you special, people Robbie? in California? Well, so I, when I was a kid, I worked on a farm and I also um, did landscaping. I had like a little business. I did landscaping for apartment buildings and I had gas powered things. And when we bought our house, um, I did not buy anything gas powered because it's no, 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 no. Everything we have is our, all of our stuff is EV. It's all battery powered and it's so much nicer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Let me mix the oil with the two stroke. I know. Oh, and especially my. the first time in the spring that you're using the, the oh, string trimmer or the mower, uh, you know, when it's been sitting for four months, five months. And it's like taking oh. the stupid little spark plug that I clean it, put it. Oh, it's... So I found a different link. So oh. I found the story. What is it? This one says they expect that by 2028, 85% of its outdoor lawn equipment will be electric. Yeah. Now it's, it's just, we, we, I, you know, we have uh, all of our electric stuff and it's just so it's just, charge it take it off the charger plug it in the thing walk over or cut it or do whatever and then just put it back in the charger my 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 garage doesn't have oil and gas cans everywhere i don't have to like go with this by the special additives i don't have to like deal i would like to nothing. have the, i would like nothing. to have the snowblower not be i would want an electric snowblower that's what i want i bought an electric snowblower last year does it it work? is fantastic. Yes. It's like, like all that torque. Like deep snow, like real, like honest to God, like schools canceled. Yeah, snow. it'll, 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 you know, I, I, I used it you know, with like eight inch deep snow. No problem at all. Because yeah. I hate it. Because that's the worst. Like it's this beautiful snowy morning. Everything's snowy. It, and then it's like, and everybody starts up and the noise yeah. of the entire uh, neighborhood snow blowing their driveways is actually I, awful. I, I have I have now replaced all of the gas power. I don't own an EV yet, but I've replaced all the gas powered equipment except for the generator for when okay. DTE fails us. Um, I still have a gas oh, yeah. generator for that, but for everything else, the the snowblower. You know, when we bought this house almost seven years ago now, I left the gas powered lawnmower at the other house when we sold it, really? and I bought an electric lawnmower. And it's been great. I have an electric snowblower. I have an electric string trimmer. Uh, my leaf blower is electric. Yeah, it's it's all. We have electric everything else. Is I think the only thing we have that's not at this point is the snowblower. Honestly, I, I I was I was concerned about it. I I watched a whole bunch of videos. You know, read the reviews, and found one that I think you know would handle you know my driveway, clearing my driveway. It's it's an ego. Uh, it's a single stage snowblower. And it came with two batteries, two so fifty six volts, um, oh, cool. two two batteries, and it had no problem at all clearing my you know like eight inches of snow out of now my entire I have driveway. Just Googled, and there are actually I had no idea there were so many. I knew that there were the little tiny ones. Yeah, you know the ones that are really just like for clearing your step. Yes, but they make some big ones too. Oh I was yeah, unaware and, of and you can get you can get bigger you know like two stage snow blowers now. You know yeah. they have more battery, um, and that they, they, it works great. I have had no, oh. I had I used it I don't know five or six times last winter and it was fantastic. Okay, I just like the name. This is called the Snow Joe. 
Yeah, that's, that's that, uh, that one. Ego and Snow Joe are kind of the two big brands for snowblowers, like snow snow battery powered snowblowers. I feel yeah. like Snow Joe sounds like it's going to be able to do the job. The Snow Joe, that's the one you want to take care of your snowy yeah. drive. So, yeah, I mean, uh, going, you know, for for outdoor equipment, power, you know, outdoor power equipment, you know, going batteries has, has been fantastic for me. I have no complaints. The only the only issue is like if you buy like a different brand for each one, now you have, you know, five different yeah. types of batteries. We so did. My husband has got everything. So everything yeah. is a Ryobi battery. Exactly. Yeah. And for, for the side, smaller I, stuff, I've got the Ryobi uh, one plus uh system the 18 volt yeah. batteries uh so my drills and and impact drill and a sort of other impact wrench and sort of other stuff and the string trimmer are all the ryobi but um the 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 two big ones the lawnmower and the snowblower those are unique um and the you know i couldn't find a, a suitable snowblower with the same that used the same batteries as as the lawnmower otherwise i probably would have got that one yeah but but the ego people, they're they're coming out with a mini bike. Oh, are they? You know, yeah, they have a little powered mini bike. I e- found a few weeks ago. So <laughs> nice. I'm just saying, if you just buy, just if you have a couple of ego things, you could get a little mini bike. So then you can have the around. same battery power your snowblower as you power your mini bike. Yeah. So okay, in the, in, the, in the winter time, you use it for use the battery in the snowblower. In the summertime, you use it you in use your it mini for bike. The e-bike. This yeah. works. Okay, Whip it around the neighborhood, plan, guys. We got this. Yeah. Just saying. uh all right um last one um has to do with the strike that is still ongoing by the uaw against the detroit automakers um and there was some big news on friday one of one of the big issues with this strike and you know when when people first started asking me about this last spring you know which which company i thought they were that the union was going to target because traditionally when it comes up to contract time usually about two or three weeks before the contract expires. You know, they, they start off a couple of months before with the, the UAW negotiating with all three automakers. And then when they get to about three weeks out from the deadline, they'll, whichever one they're furthest along with, they'll usually, or whichever one they think they can get the best deal from, they will mm-hmm. target that one and they'll pause the negotiations with the others and just, you know, extend the, 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 uh, do an extension on the contract until they settle with the, the the target. So they pick a target, and then if there's a strike, you know they strike that one company. And they do, they typically don't go. They have never up until this year. They have the union has never gone on strike against Ford, GM, and Stellantis or Chrysler at the same time. You know yeah. they'll do one and then the or another if they have to, but they never do all three. This is the first time they've done all three, and a lot of people were. We're asking me, a lot of media were asking me, you know, which one you think they're, they're going to target? Because a lot of people were expecting it was going to be Stellantis because Sean Fain, the new president of the union, came up through Stellantis. That's where he started working, uh, you know, at the Belvedere, Illinois assembly plant. And he came up through the ranks at Stellantis and, you know, through the union ranks. And there was some antipathy towards Stellantis because they just closed the Belvedere plant this year, earlier this year. Um. But you know, it was I. I figured all along that it was probably going to be GM because the the issue was going to be the battery plants. You know, I mean, yeah, they want more money, they want better benefits and stuff as they as they usually do, which is fine. But the the real sticking point was going to be the new battery plants because the the battery plants that the 
the automakers are investing in are all joint ventures, almost always, one exception. But um, so they're joint ventures between the the automakers and the battery companies. And so far, the first of those that has got, come online is the the Ultium Cells plant, which is a GM LG joint venture in Ohio. And that one, the workers there voted to join the UAW, and they're still trying to get their first contract there. And because you know, part of the re- one of the several reasons why they made these joint ventures instead of wholly owned parts of the automakers is as separate companies, they figured they, you know, they could pay the workers there less. And that's what they were doing. They were paying them significantly less than the people in the in GM plants were getting. It was like 16 bucks an hour uh at the the large town battery plant. And um, you know, that was gonna be an issue for 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 the the workers there for the union. Um and one of the issues that the union had is that they wanted the the battery plants to be part of the national master labor agreement. And the automakers hadn't really talked about this until last week when Ford had a press conference and Jim Farley came out and said, look, our battery plants aren't even finished yet. They're, they're still under construction. We haven't hired anybody. We don't want to put these under the under the master agreement <laughs> un, until we've actually hired people and those people have voted to actually join the union. Uh, well, this week on Friday, uh, GM became the first of the automakers to say, yep, we'll agree to put the the battery plant workers under the national master agreement. They're going to get paid the same as all the other parts plant workers at GM. Um, and so uh, they're still, they're still, you know, trying to finalize an agreement there, but that's, that's the first kind of breakthrough that the unions had. And that's, that's going to be important for the union because in the near term, the next few years, they're not really going to be losing jobs uh, because they're still going to be building a lot of internal combustion vehicles, but five, eight, 10 years from now, a lot of those engine plants, transmission plants are going to be losing jobs as they shift to electric and they need to have those those battery plants unionized to maintain their membership and uh, and you know make sure that those people get paid the same as as the people that were working in the plants that are closing. Um, yeah. And so it's it's a big issue for the for the workers. Yeah, you get into those. It's it, it, the people are like, oh, we're losing jobs building cars. I'm like, I think everyone forgot about the battery plants that these have to. All these companies have to spin up. I mean, we're talking about tens right. of thousands of jobs. Stuff starting. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. And um, you know, there's tr- about forty or fifty thousand people across all the all the battery plants that have been announced. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. yeah so that's it's st- stuff's coming for you know. You, there's just new skills. Um, over at SAE, we have like a whole battery academy that you can you can do. Um, like classes you can take that that help you get up to speed for that. So that's that's part of my job over there at at SAE is um, helping figuring out what companies need, and then uh, you know we and then we we just help people you know via my articles when they eventually go up when we we launch this this portion of the site. Um, these are the skills that these companies are looking for, and you can either get those skills either locally. A lot of companies like Hyundai. Um, uh, they, they're, they're partnering with local, you know, uh, technical colleges or they're, they're, they're spinning up like training within the area. But if you don't live in the area, like, you know, SAE and, and we have this battery academy, you can take classes, you can learn about all these these portions of, uh, of, of EVs and batteries and the grid and all this stuff. So, you know, 
getting everyone skilled for these jobs is, is like a really big deal for us over there because there's not enough people who are skilled at these. They just don't have these skills because they didn't need them before. Yeah. They're, so they're different. They're doing different things in these plants, you know, rather right. than dropping gears into a transmission, you know, they're, yeah. they've, they've got to have different skill sets. Yeah. Takes so a little time to get. Yeah. It's a change in skill sets, but there is, yeah, still just jobs doing something different, but still building car stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Still got to make the the vroom vrooms, even though they got to make the vroom vrooms. I guess they don't go vroom vroom. They all make a weird different noise. <laughs> well, they, they could go vroom vroom. I mean, some of them do. It's they true. could. If that's you can make any, you can make any make so- sound. Yeah, you can make any sound you want. Right. You, could, you know, I just open the window and yell it vroom vroom. <laughs> drive around. That's what I do. <laughs> Driving around my little Kona electric, yelling vroom vroom. <laughs> vroom vroom. Hey, there's Robbie. Vroom vroom. I heard him. <laughs> vroom vroom. Uh, so. And, you know, to, to, to those out there, and, and I'm sure there's probably some that are listening that, you know, may not be fans of unions or the UAW, you know, just keep in mind that, you know, unions like the UAW and, and yes, the UAW has had some issues and other unions have had issues with corruption, um, you know, but they've, you know, they've done a lot, certainly in the UAW in the last couple of years to try to root that out. And, you know, yeah, there's you a know, big change over yeah. there with that. Hopefully, you know, under Sean Fain you know, that will, that will all change, but you know, it's because of the efforts of unions, especially in the early part of the 20th century, we have things like, Oh, you know, 40 hour work week and paid vacations and, you know, healthcare and yeah. Yeah. Weekends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nice things. And, you know, a middle class, you know, the middle class that's been shrinking over the last 40 years as unions have shrunk. Yeah. Yeah. Collective bargaining. Yeah. If you try to bargain by yourself here, it's just you against an, an entire corporation. It's that's a tough, that's a tough, uh, yeah, <laughs> but I did the thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my, my dad was, you know, he was in a union, you know, worked in, worked in a steel mill for 30 years, you know, was part of the United steel workers and, you know, they had to go, went on strike several times over the years, but, um, you know, in the end it was a benefit to everybody. So all right. Uh, anything else for this week? I think that's about it for me. Cool. I got nothing. All right. Got nothing except zoom, zoom. <laughs> zoom, zoom, everybody. Zoom, zoom. Till next time. Bye. 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 Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.